Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Wellington Access Radio is live on 106.1 FM, right across Wellington region. And online via podcast. Just check our website accessradio.org.nz The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows... The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Morning, you're listening to the Quilted Bananas uh, radio show this morning on Access Radio. Um, We're here with you from 10 till 11 this morning. Um, and we've got loads uh, on the show this morning, but we're doing a bit of a, an Olympic special. Good timing for an Olympic special. Um, but we'll start, first of all, with a bit of music just to ease us in. So um, just looking at Sue, our techie, to see if she's ready to line up a track. But here's a, here's a song to just help ease into the show. I need to be alone with love and with life. 
And so that was a couple of tracks by Jess Harlan there just to start us off the show um, for this morning. So you're listening to the Quilted Bananas radio show on Access Radio 106.1 FM. Um, thanks for being with us this morning. Um, so we've got a bit of a topical show for you this morning. We're doing a, an Olympic special um, and basically a queer Olympic special, kind of having a, a little bit of a look back at the last couple of weeks um, of the Olympics to see um, and have a chat about some of the athletes and also kind of just what's been going on in terms of athletes being coming out during the Olympics or being out during the Olympics and kind of what it's actually been looking like, what the impact of that is maybe on sport as a whole and yeah, it's just been a really interesting time over the past couple of weeks if you have been following any of the Olympics in general um, and particularly uh, uh, some of the athletes that have been pretty um, open about their, their sexuality. So um, that's what we're having a look at this morning. If you want to get in touch with us, um, you can on our Facebook page. We can pick up messages on our Facebook page. So if you want to send us any messages or if there's maybe an athlete that we've not mentioned and you want to remind us about them, then... Um, you can get in touch with us on our Facebook messengers. Well, I'm here this morning with um, Sue, who's doing our tech-in. Morning, Sue. Oh, no, no I've thrown her now because she hasn't got a microphone ready to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to have you here. And also um, with me this morning is Annie. Good morning, Annie. Uh, hi there, Karen. Hi, Sue. And Annie, was, uh, she was on the sh- last show that I did as well um, because you are part of the Different Strokes Swimming Group Um yeah, that's right, and uh, th- thanks for having me back. Um, sport's like one of my favourite topics, so yeah, been pretty excited about the Olympics. Yeah, and so that's great. Thanks, thanks for coming back. I was really keen to do an Olympics special because um, I knew that there were... There's just been some really interesting stuff going on, but I don't know a huge amount about sport, so that was great to kind of have someone to chat, to come on and be able to chat to a bit more about this and um, talk to us a bit more about, um, yeah, some of the athletes that have been really out in these Olympics and some of the stats around what's been going on as well, um, which is really interesting. So thanks for being with us here this morning. 
Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I've been trying to watch as much of the Olympics as I can, but, you know, I've been at work as well, so I've been struggling to watch as much as I'd like to, but I have really enjoyed just um, w- watching the Olympics this time. And actually, I've really kind of enjoyed some of the new sports. Weirdly, I've watched, really enjoyed watching some of the skateboarding which I would never... And what do I know about skateboarding? Nothing. But I did enjoy... I have really enjoyed kind of watching it. Um, What about you two? What have you been kind of managed to catch over these last couple of weeks? Um, So obviously I'm quite biased towards the swimmers. Um, So that's been pretty exciting, I guess, if you're a long way off being an Olympic swimmer. It's actually really amazing to watch some of these athletes um, and their performances just, like, really blow your mind. So, yeah, that's probably been a real highlight for me. And what about you, Sue? Have you seen much? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like whatever is on, I quite often think, oh, you know, oh, this is a bit boring. And then about two hours later, you think, oh, yeah, it wasn't that boring after all. <laughs> after you've been watching <laughs> but, it for two hours, yeah. But the skaties are spectacular, of course. Yeah. You know, um, so, so we've got a couple of um, sons who are pretty good skaters. So, oh. so um, you know, a little bit of that. Uh, their mum knows the... Uh, terminology <laughs> oh wow okay i'm impressed yeah so um but i think um everybody's been glued to the rugby and uh, the um into the swimmers and uh, we've been getting various sort of cheers pop up for various members of the team so yeah no it's been awesome and um that just reminded me while we were chatting i read something online where someone made a suggestion that um to help us understand even more about how impressive the athletes are in all of these um, sports, there should be a thing before they start their um, before they start competing, where just an ordinary person has to just go on and, and attempt the sport and just show how hard it actually is, and then you go to the elite athletes to see how impressive it really is. I think I'm there in terms of the kayaking because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like on the the tricycle version. <laughs> with my knees too long and my trike too short, and they just—it's just like a um, dragsters, aren't they? They come out, come out of the blocks like. Oh, they're so fast! Yeah. So I do a bit of dragon boated, and I was look, watching it, thinking, "Oh my goodness, I've never been able to move a paddle that fast." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's. I know that kind of when we're thinking about some of the kind of the out athletes in sport. I mean, my knowledge. I always end up going back to being from the UK, thinking about um, someone like Justin Fashionu, who is really well known in the UK for coming out as a a footballer and then um, having a really, really hard time about that. And that would have been back in the probably the 80s, maybe the 80s, early 90s when he came out. And um, and so it just was really not um, the done thing, basically, to be coming out if you were kind of in sports, particularly maybe even for men. And now we look at like the past, um, what's been happening at these Olympics in the past couple of weeks, and it really has does feel like it's shifted, in the, and that particularly this Olympics maybe has kind of really shifted it in terms of sport internationally. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on that, Annie? What have you kind of noticed over these past couple of weeks watching the Olympics? Yeah, so I suppose kind of probably haven't been following the sports, but I've definitely been following a lot of our um, LGBTQ athletes and um yeah, it's like this Olympics has been really amazing because I guess whatever part of the rainbow, rainbow or gender expression you are, um, you've pretty much had somebody representing you on the world's biggest stage. 
um, and many have gone a step further to use that platform um, to talk about their authentic selves. So I think we have 182 currently. The list seems to have grown quite a lot in the last two weeks. I think the, there's a thing called um, the Outlist, which is um, created by an American group called Outsports. And so they um, kind of catalogue, if you like, uh, athletes that are either publicly out or out on their social media profile. And so I think when the Olympics started, it was 121. And then as they've gone through the Olympics, um, they've actually had athletes phoning up uh, and being asked to be added to this list. So currently it stands at uh, 182. And um, if you were to... um, group our rainbow uh, athletes as a team like they do with the countries i think they're currently at 11th on the um, medal listing for our our rainbow team which is pretty amazing yeah that is amazing i hadn't um heard of that bit actually so if you took all the athletes that won medals it would be they would be 11th on the medal table yeah and um the gold medals of that i think there's about eight um, New Zealand um, has really contributed to that um, total, so that's pretty cool. Um, and they've been doing this outlist for uh, the last few Olympics. So I think in London there was 23 uh, athletes. Um, in Rio there was 56. And so to get to 182 for this Olympics, um, yeah, I think it's really positive kind of sea change about um, people feeling safe to um, talk about themselves and where they're at with their sports. So do you mean, so it was 121 at the, before the Olympics started, basically athletes who had um, put themselves on this list, so to speak, as being kind of out athletes, but then during the Olympics that's risen to 182? Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is um, the group out sports, they normally would get phone calls from athletes asking them to be taken off the list because they felt like it was going to affect their sponsorship, where now they've actually had um, people phoning up saying, hey, I really want to be part of this list. Um, And I guess it just offers a way for people to be, um, you know, out without having to do like a giant announcement. um, And also, I guess, indicating that people feel safe to be to be out there um, as um, Olympic athletes, which is like it's really cool and um, really different. But I probably would call out that uh, women outnumber men on this list eight to one. So um, we can kind of definitely see that for um, female athletes um, and obviously trans athletes as well. um, 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 it's a bit more openness, um, but for men, it's still like a major issue. And I guess possibly like trans as well, like building into that space. And again, that is quite a statistic, the eight to one. So um, absolutely the majority of people on that list identify as female. Um, so I wonder, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of uh, when I was mentioning Justin Fashionu, you know, that's there's always been this real challenge for um male athletes to be out um so maybe kind of indicating that that is still pretty pretty tough maybe yeah and i think um emma twig i don't know if anyone follows her but she's our gold winning um olympic rower um she's done a really amazing amazing podcast for out sports and she kind of talks a little bit um about her reflections on why it might be slightly easier as a female compared to a male and um, I guess for some of the spectator sports um, 
yeah, people just kind of feeling vulnerable when um, people kind of get a lot of abuse in football, we've seen. So I guess it's just kind of a way potentially to protect themselves, still, still being in the closet. But I do think it's changing. And, um, you know, we've got some pretty amazing black ferns, um, New Zealand black ferns um, that are out there. And um, I guess kind of trying to role model um, that it's, yeah, it's totally okay. And, um, you know, their team is very supportive around them. So... Um, yeah, we're making making history these Olympics, so it's pretty pretty exciting. It definitely does feel like that, and I know that. Um, I mean, those stats definitely like a jump from 120 to 180 just during the Olympics of people putting themselves on the list, um, and some of the media coverage as well. Definitely feels like there's been this this huge shift, and obviously, I think you know some athletes who are really very consciously kind of played into helping make that shift over these past these past few weeks although obviously I realize they've been doing more than just these past few weeks but that's when it's become you know really um really visible you mentioned that some of the New Zealand athletes there so who who are the kind of um main uh New Zealand athletes that we've been following in terms of out athletes over the past couple of weeks yeah so um we've got 10 New Zealand athletes on that out list currently so um in no particular order uh so we've got Emma Twig who has been pretty open and I guess um kind of acknowledging the amazing support of her wife and I think they're even were interviewing her wife which is pretty cool I think we will have some um, listeners that are following Emma yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's fair to say but um I think you know she's been pretty amazing about um you know using her platform uh, even before she won her gold medal like going into this Olympics to be a role model for um the LGBTQ community and really um, wanting to use her platform as an athlete to help inspire young young people. So, you know, um, Emma, you're amazing. Um, obviously, you're going to have a massive fan club in New Zealand. Um, then we've got our Black Ferns. So uh, Portia Woodman, Kelly Brazier, um, Gail Borton um, and Ruby Tui. So um, Black Ferns are pretty famous in their own right. Um, but I guess... Um, you know, Gail Borton, I'd probably call out a shout out to all the butchers out there. So, um, and also Ru- Ruby Tui, who's now famous um, for probably the most entertaining post-match interviews of all time. So, um, you know, um, kind of, yeah, obviously got quite quite big building profiles, but it's really cool to, um, you know, rugby is an area where... Um, it's kind of historically been quite challenging to be out and uh, female athletes um, uh, trying to carve carve their way in that sport through their own right and often get asked all the time. The first question they get asked is, are they, are they lesbian? So um, so it's really cool that they've been able to kind of find this space to feel comfortable to be um, out. So. Do you mean that's, is that a question that kind of the media will be asking them? Yeah, or, I think, I think right. um, that's a kind of really common question that... Um, uh, uh, rugby female rugby players get asked and obviously there are a lot of lesbian rugby players but um kind of uh kind of commenting on emma twig who really wanted to be known as a great athlete first and being gay second so um i guess kind of showing that you kind of can be both yeah um and then we have um anton down jenkins brown so he's um our um New Zealand diver and our only um, male, uh, gay male on, who's out on the team. Um, we've got Grace O'Hanlon, who's our goalkeeper for the women's black sticks. Um, we've got uh, Abby Irk and Hannah Wilkinson, who are in the football ferns. 
Um, I think Hannah Wilkinson has done some um, pretty cool interviews for Sky Sports and obviously very comfortable about um, being out in, in soccer. I was going to call it football for a second there and also being lesbian. And then, um, yeah, like we couldn't complete this list without having a massive shout for Laurel Hubbard, who, um, you know, she pretty much made history um, at this Olympics. So I would kind of say, you know, what a legend. Um, I think I did read one media report that says she pretty much deserves a medal for all the bigotry she's had to carry. Um, but she's pretty much risen above it, created history. Um, and I guess, you know, her entry even into the Olympics has caused uh, so much media interest. Um, but I think her post uh, event interviews kind of shows like what a really amazing person she is. And, you know, this will have paved the way for many people into the future. So, um, yeah. Thinking about Laurel Hubbard um, just kind of gives me warm fuzzies, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's been pretty amazing to just carry the weight of, you know, the media coverage and, I mean, any of us can look at social media at any point and see the range of kind of comments that are being made. So to be, to, to be there on that international stage and, um, you know, just be who she is and the way that she behaved was just was just amazing. And it would have definitely, like we say, opened up um, opportunities for others. Sorry, Sue, you looked like you were going to... I think um, the, the, the this, um, picture of a New Zealand Olympian who's, who's not got 100% support behind them from New Zealand, um, it, it was just so, you know, it, it's sad to see somebody who's, who's made... All done all that work, get to that level, and that it's just um, kind of becomes secondary to something that's pretty much irrelevant. Um, and in the courage and not engaging with that, um, just stepping by, back and focusing on the, the work when that that storm's going all around you um, is quite extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was a great rundown of the um, New Zealand athletes that we've been uh, that have been that are out and we've been following over the last couple of weeks so that's been awesome to kind of see all of their progress we'll have a little break for a song and um uh i think i've chosen uh a lot i'm just going to let sue know that it's the first one on the list and um i've chosen a lot of cheesy songs because i've just tried to pick songs that have got a vague very vague link to sport in some form and you may have to even dig quite deep to see the link <laughs> But um, we're going to now ha um, have a track from Kate Bush, of course, running up that hill.
done that was Kate Bush running up that hill. You're listening to the Quilted Bananas radio show on Access Radio 106.1 FM. Um, we're doing an, an Olympic special for you this morning, like I say, where I've kind of picked some songs to crowbar into a sports theme, although I think that one was, you know, not too bad, running up a hill. Um, okay, so we've been talking uh, about the shift really in um, athletes being able to be out at these current um, Olympic Games Um, and totally you know there's still a long way to go we know that there's definitely some sports where um, there is still a long way to go in terms of people feeling comfortable at being out and so on but that this um, Olympics seems to have provided a bit of a platform um, for having that discussion and for um, people that are competing, kind of some feeling more comfortable about being able to to be openly out. Um, so we've had to think about some of the New Zealand athletes, but of course there's been um, quite a few other pretty high-profile athletes uh, out there over the past couple of weeks. So, um, Annie, who else has stood out to you um, while you've been watching things unfold over these past couple of weeks? Um, thanks, Karen. So, yeah, I guess, um, again, in no particular order... Um, We'd probably uh, shout out for Tom Daly. So um, he's pretty much uh, won the hearts of many um, for obviously winning gold medal, but then um, being uh, very open that he's a proud gay man, which even just kind of saying those words is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that he's using his platform. Um, so he, he's a, a diver uh, representing the UK. Um and so I think the other kind of side to that is um, following on from that, he's become famous for knitting. So um, I guess while we think a lot of athletes spending their spare time in ice baths and sleeping and he was proudly like seen knitting his way through the rest of the Olympics. So that's uh, pretty cool and was quite quirky and funny. I think the media coverage around that. Yeah, I, I, do, I think he's really interesting because he, um, well, I just, I, Basically, I used to live near him, basically, so that's all I mean. So I used to see him around quite a bit. Not, I wasn't in the pool, I've got to admit. <laughs> Usually it was just around, you know, out shopping and things. But he has come a really long way because um, he used to talk really openly about how much bullying he experienced in school. Um, and I don't know if he kind of said it was homophobic, but I think some of it was definitely about how he presented, how he behaved, um, and all in the background of him training to, to be a diver and kind of do those immense hours of, of training that he was doing. Um, and the shift from that, which wasn't that many years ago, to now being on that international stage and just absolutely being able to say, I'm proud to have won a gold medal and to be an out um, gay man is again quite a phenomenal shift yeah and i guess you know um we lesbians here talking about a gay man but they're really not that many and um uh, like we kind of mentioned before it's still um you know quite a long way to go for gay men for them to kind of feel safe to be out and proud so he's really leading the way in this space and so um you know such a great role model and yeah again probably someone who's making history so we've got Tom. Who else have you uh, been uh, following over these so past? I've got a wee list here. Um, it's been like literally every day there's a new story that comes out. But um, 
Raven Saunders. Um, so she's an American uh, silver medal uh, winning shot putter and um, big personality. So uh, again, shout out to Butch Lesbians. And um, she was pretty unique as, um, because she made like an X sign with her hands as a protest um, actually on the podium. And I think they kind of was told they could make political protests, but they were kind of supposed to like keep it off the podium. So um, she obviously felt the need to go one step further. Um, and so I'd never seen that before, but the X is supposed to represent an intersection where all oppressed people meet. Um, and she had kind of said that she wanted to be herself um, and not apologize for that. And that her um, political protest was really for all the people around the world that were fighting um, for justice and that didn't have a platform to speak for themselves. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome that someone's, um, you know, feels brave enough and bold enough to, like, go out there and do that. So, yeah, that was Yeah, that was cool. great. And, again, that great kind of visual representation. Um, was there any fallout from that? Because I know that they had said, oh, you know, no protests on the podium. Um, I haven't I didn't, heard no, any. I didn't I'm sure hear anything. Some, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, great. Pushing the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Erica Sullivan. So obviously I'm quite biased towards swimmers being a swimmer myself. But um, so she's a silver medal winner in the 1500 meter race. Um, so she's like the only openly queer member of the US swim team. Um, and again, when she was being interviewed, um, she called out that, you know, she was the epitome of an American person and that she's multicultural. So I think um, she actually has a Japanese um, uh, family member, I think maybe her dad, um, that she's queer um, and that she's basically a lot of minorities and that is a rep representation of what Americans are. So I suppose, you know, reshaping the American dream and like calling it out um, so I think she has a really interesting backstory in that she was queer, like came out as queer before she actually uh, became uh, kind of famous for her um, athleticism in swimming. And so it's always really been like a non-issue for her in that she hasn't had to kind of come out as a swimmer because she already was. Um, there's not many people in that space in the swimming world. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty pretty cool person to follow if you're a swimmer. Because yeah. also that, that reminds me that... That pressure on, you know, naturally most athletes, when they become pretty famous and the world is watching them, are still quite young. So the amount that actually have to end up doing that coming out process in the public kind of eye, so to speak, whereas she's someone who had already come out and then kind of got famous maybe for swimming. But that also is just so huge, isn't it, to kind of, you know, that you still, if you think about some of the athletes in this Olympics in some sports who are so young and so will still be kind of um, exploring themselves and developing and so on. And so then to have to maybe do that publicly is, is so hard. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, Erica's done some also some really interesting uh, podcasts for out sports. So if you're interested, she's definitely one to look at. But she kind of called out... Um, yeah, probably a perception that it felt like when people kind of came out as an athlete um, that that affected their sporting performance. And so, again, it's like pretty much a myth when we think about the um, number of um, medals our athletes have won. But, yeah, it's kind of, um, I suppose, all these tensions or things that go on and, um, you know, so focused on their sport and often, you know, have to be pretty driven to end up as an Olympic athlete. So, you know, it's seen as a distraction, which, you know, um, 
uh, I think we're seeing that view challenge and that people just, you know, wanting to be their authentic selves and actually uh, being open about that actually probably potentially helps their performance. Yeah, awesome. Anyone else that's been, uh, that you've been following? Any other sports that have? Um, so I suppose, um, you know, the great to call out our other um, uh, trans athletes. So it's a Canadian footballer um, by the name of Quinn. Um, so they're in the Canadian women's soccer team um, and won gold medal. Um, and yeah, interesting that um, as a trans um female to male that their um, soccer code is fine with them playing in the women's team so shows that kind of different um, different sporting codes are kind of grappling with different rules around this um, but uh, you know they they'd kind of clearly said that they wanted to be called by they them pronouns and um, some of the media um, had a few difficulties kind of getting up with play in that space um and that kind of leads me on to alana smith so she's a um sorry they are a non-binary skateboarder um and had they them pronouns um blazoned on their skateboard um so very visual <laughs> representation um and they'd kind of uh, called out that they wanted to be uh yeah visual representations for humans uh like them so that's pretty cool um, that we're seeing um, non-binary people uh, as Olympians and, and calling it out. But it, was it the BBC that um, maybe, that, did you say one of them, anyway, someone in me had really struggled with actually using they, them and kept referring to them as she and then there was a bit of a backlash about that, is that? Yeah, so I guess um, what we've also seen is that um, the Olympics and uh particularly our non-binary athletes are kind of uh, pushing society to kind of keep up and get with the program, I guess. Um, and uh, through social media, we're basically seeing when um, that the media are not really keeping up, for want of a better term, with um, addressing people by their preferred pronouns that they're getting a big social media backlash. So I guess, you know, we often think of the negatives of social media, but one of the positives that we've seen in this Olympics is that it's a platform for the public um, to basically um, call out organisations when they're um, misgendering people. And um, Alana Smith is a really great example of that. And yeah, I think the BBC ended up um, apologising for yeah, basically calling um, them she, her all the way through the tournament oh, wow. that really upset a lot of people. So, um, yeah, great way that these things have kind of played out with a positive ending. Yeah. And also the power of social media in that, that, you know, people were watching that and saying, oh, hang on, this isn't OK. Um, and so then, you know, having to kind of apologise for that and recognise that they had, you know, got it wrong. Yeah, and, and what a great platform, I guess, um, you know, we've seen um, repeated kind of uh, calls for um, people to use the correct pronouns. And we actually now had an example in mainstream media of this playing out. Um, so I guess, you know, when we think about the Olympics and there's kind of principles of Olympism um, around social responsibility um, for the Olympics and you could probably argue that it's been a bit tenuous holding the Olympics in the middle of a pandemic mm. in a country that's um, been really struggling um, with COVID cases. And so I guess this may be one positive where they've tried to 
explore a bit back in terms of uh, that Olympic spirit and actually being uh, inclusive. So, yeah, yeah, it's all quite positive. Yeah, it's been awesome to watch. Let's have a um, another one of my carefully curated tracks. Um, so just to let Sue know, I think we'll go, f- we'll go for the Sinead O'Connor song. Um, so you're listening to Call to Bananas radio show. Um, so this is uh, Sinead O'Connor. Again, I'll let you work out why it's been picked. This track is called Jump in the River. Let's jump.
Oh, that was uh, Jump in the River uh, by Sinead O'Connor. Um, this is the Quilted Bananas radio show on Access Radio 106.1 FM. Um, yeah, this, we've got about 10 minutes of our show left. That's gone really fast this morning, talking about um, the Olympics and uh, the out-athletes. Um, but yeah, we were just having a, a chat. Well, we were just looking up, actually, off-air, because um, Annie had to- to- talked to us about uh, Raven Saunders, and I think I'd said, oh, was there any fallout from from what she did? And then, Sue, you've done... Live research. I've, I've done live research. I, I googled and Google well, I was, says. I was bigging it up, but yeah. <laughs> Google says six days ago there's an item about um, the the under an investigation being launched because of uh, Raven Saunders uh, doing the X with her arms, and then three days ago fully suspended. So um, yeah, that's. They didn't want that fight. Obviously. So the investigation was completely suspended. Completely suspended. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And then, um, yeah, that was. And then, you, then we started talking about kind of other, I guess, in some in some ways, more subtle kind of ways that um, people have either been out during sport or at least having some kind of nod to the rainbow community in some way. Um, so, what were some of the other ways that I, you've seen I, that? I think um, so. The rule has been no political statements, um, but actually, people. Bring themselves to to their um, events, um, and so there was a um, gymnast who incorporated the kneel into her routine, um, and I think we've seen the New Zealand teams doing the, doing the kneel, and um, but the skateboarders, champion level, you just put it on your skateboard, isn't it? <laughs> they them on your skateboard, and uh, yeah. Don't bring your skateboard to the games. I'm telling you, skateboarding's the future. It is. <laughs> and what else, Annie, you were saying some, you know, people wearing rainbow. Yes, I think there was um, one of the seven, female sevens players at uh, rainbow white headgear that they wear. So, um, and I think, yeah, there was also a few rainbow stickers on skateboards. So, yeah. It's pretty cool that people, um, yeah, feeling comfortable to do that. And, yeah, we're all watching, and so we totally noticed those rainbow signs. Yep. Yep. I told you. It's all about the skateboarding. Oh, and the speed climbing. That was confused. the other thing. Either that or it's confused Christians because they'll sometimes use the rainbows and not quite know what it's signalling to people. That's a whole other show, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got about eight minutes left. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the last bit, we were one of the things we were thinking about, or... Um, as as Annie's kind of described it, basically, you know, this is amazing kind of seeing this kind of progress at the Olympics. Um, and then I think you've kind of phrased it as, is sport going to be able to keep up with society? So, yeah, can you tell us a bit more about kind of what, what, what the thinking is around that? Yeah, so I guess um, just kind of trying to reflect on, um, you know, all the really amazing stories that have come out of this Olympics um, and also um, the debate or I would probably say hysteria around trans athletes um, and also um, some of the stuff that's come out around um, female sprinters that are um, kind of being tested now for naturally occurring testosterone um, levels that and also different sporting codes seem to have like different rules Um, you know there's a real um, kind of call really for sports administration to like um, 
yeah, that sort their sort their stuff out, and um, you know, really keep up with the people that are actually like athletes, and and um, you know, I think there's a real uh, moral responsibility for sports administration to um, actually protect athletes. Um, you know, I think we've seen a few people being like thrown under the bus. Um, think of um, the South African athlete caster. Oh, um, yeah, that was outrageous. Yeah, which is like really outrageous. And um, I think, uh, I think, you know, it's not really acceptable in this day and age. And so I think sports administration in general, um, you know, are probably call for them to like reflect on the olympics reflect on the diversity that's seen there this is like who we are um a society and so they need to think about you know their rules and they need to you know they make the rules and so i think we've seen with um laurel hubbard you know she she followed the rules for from the international olympic weightlifting um uh group and so you know uh if you're following the rules they make the rules you know they basically need to then protect athletes that are getting a lot of negative bash backlash against that um so it'd be really great to see um sports administration um, you know, probably they need to probably become a bit more diverse themselves, um, but also thinking about the athletes. And I guess with all the mental health stuff we've seen around athletes, they're under huge amounts of pressure. Um, and so, yeah, mo moving forwards, um, all of these issues are not going away. And I really feel like we need to kind of embrace them um, and understand them a bit better. But also, you know, let's um, set our athletes up for success and uh, it's probably really important they feel supported yeah yeah absolutely and as you were talking that made me think and the complexity of that around the world you know in countries where um, in many ways New Zealand will be much further ahead in terms of you know uh, and uh, absolutely there's still a long way to go but and there'll be some countries where you know there'll be way way behind in terms of maybe potentially having trans athletes that they're supporting and so on so it's a huge um there's still a long way to go basically internationally i would imagine yeah and i guess you know what we see with um uh the olympics is it has this kind of trickle down effect to grassroots level society in terms of people wanting to get involved in sports so um you know there are going to be um trans people out there that you know um are totally inspired by Laurel Hubbard and who wouldn't be to like get involved in sport at a grassroots level and I think what's nice to see is um, Sport NZ has kind of come out in support of uh, being inclusive and getting everybody to participate in sport at a grassroots level um, including our rainbow and trans community so that's like really encouraging and so I guess the kind of proof for now is how we actually like realize that so yeah. That's great. And kind of talking about more grassroots sports, even in, so in Wellington, there's a, there's a few um, different sporting um, rainbow groups, isn't there? So obviously, you know, we've talked before about different strokes swimming, but am I right in thinking there is a running group and a badminton group maybe? Yeah, so um, I think it comes under the rainbow Wellington umbrella, um, but there's, uh, yeah, there's an active uh, running group. Um, there's a really active badminton group. Um, and then I think, uh, I guess for some of the, um, women, women's sports, they probably don't need their own groups cause it's already pretty, pretty rainbow anyway. So I guess we've got roller derby and cricket and rugby and, and lots of other stuff, uh, going on yet. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't, I think if you're, uh, 
um, member of the rainbow community and you want to get involved in sports, I think, um, you know, you can definitely find your tribe out there in, in Wellington. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And, um, I know we've only got a few minutes left, so just thanks, Annie, for coming in this morning and um, talking about this topic and kind of sharing your knowledge on um, these Olympics from the past couple of weeks. That's been awesome to kind of hear about all that. So thanks for your time coming in this morning. And uh, I feel like um, there's a whole other show there just talking about the 8 to a, eight to 2 ratio, like you were talking about just at the end there about women's sports and men's sports. And there's a whole other show there just about that. So maybe yeah. there'll be another one in the Might future. To come back. We've had a question, um, and the question is where's the... Well, I'm interpreting the question as where's the um, participation recorded? Um, so you, you'd cited... Um, where where that is being monitored and logged? Oh, yeah, so um, it's called if you Google um, out sports um, or the out list, um, hopefully it will come up. But I'm sure we might be able to put a link up to that. Um, yeah, yep, that's great. We'll put some links up after the show. So um, thank you for whoever gave that question. I do not know, but um, thank you for listening and for participating in the show. We will um, play out now for the last um, minute or so with... Ah, um, oh, this is the track that you chose for um, your last sh- the last show, actually, that you were on, and it's um, Aqua Profunda by Courtney Barnett, so enjoy. This is Lady Gaga, of course. Not Courtney Barney. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views, and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.